We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the NFL Scouting Combine edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. When you're hearing this, it'll be Tuesday. Um, We've got some weigh-ins in already. I'm joined today by my co-host, Ross Uglum, who's going to weigh in himself. Um, But there's some good stuff going on already. I think the biggest takeaway, at least the funniest thing today, is Joe Burrow has small hands and he does not give a damn what you think about it um if you if you're late to the party on that ross i don't know if you saw this um but bro you know he measured in today he's got the nine inch hands which is pretty small for a quarterback um but he had maybe the tweet of the scouting combine draft process um so far where he said he basically you know r.i.p he's gonna have to retire because he has now been informed that he no longer can hold the football because his hands are too small um, so Joe Burrow took himself, took it, taking himself out of the draft with the small hands. Obviously, I'm joking. But Ross, did you see that today? I did. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I wanted to make the jokes that you know meant he wasn't worth the top 29 pick, but we've kind of buried that one into the ground by now. Yeah, yeah. And where where do you fall on that actually, as far as hand size for quarterbacks? Because the Packers' last two Hall of Fame quarterbacks have had oven mitts of hands. Yeah, I mean. I understand it specifically, you know, outdoors um, where Green Bay plays important to 
have control of the football. Uh, You've seen, I think, you know, has Rodgers never fumbled? No, but I think you've seen a number of strip sack attempts, blindside hits, things like that, uh, where I go, wow, you know, that's really impressive that he held on to the ball or, you know, holy cow. Uh, Some of that, you know, is skill and hand strength and, and things of that nature, but some of that is just flat out having having big hands. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I think that's something that's a checklist type thing. Like, of course, I want my quarterback to have big hands, but uh, Patrick Mahomes has nine and a quarter inch hands, so not much bigger than that. And he seems to sling the ball around just fine, especially in the elements. So, uh, not the be all end all for sure. Uh, but something interesting to look at, I, I think that's important for quarterbacks and receivers. It's something that I like to see, not something you have to see, but um, it is something that's nice. But moving on, so we have the scouting combine coming up, and it can turn into silly season where you know some of this stuff gets overblown, um, but it matters. It really does. Some of these guys, if you're not an athlete, if you're not an NFL caliber athlete, it's really hard to be an NFL caliber football player. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at here and with this NFL scouting combine this week. Ross, you're actually there already. Um, I'll be joining you on Thursday and we'll be able to cover that together. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, if you're not over at PackerReport.com already signed up or reading that stuff, you need to make sure you get on over there because there's going to be a lot of really exciting uh, NFL combine coverage coming from Ross and myself. Uh, so that's really exciting, but we're going to start that today, Ross, kicking things off um, before we really get into any of the workouts that will be taking place this week. And something that's always fun to talk about with these scouting combines is who are some guys that you think can rise? Who are some guys that you think can fall? You know, who has the most to prove here in the scouting combine um, this week? And looking at the offensive side of the ball think guys that have something to prove um, a guy to me that has kind of flown under the radar a little bit is Jonathan Taylor, the, the running back out of Wisconsin. Uh, a lot of, of our listeners are going to be very familiar with him and they're going to kind of roll their eyes. I think and kind of say, no, duh, but he, his over under right now is set at four, five, five. I just think in this running back class, he needs to remind people that he is an elite tier one athlete as well. I mean, this is a guy that was rumored to be running in the four threes during spring ball. So if he can come out there, have a good way in or compete, you know, uh, test really well, I think he's going to firmly entrench himself right back into that RB one conversation in this draft class. You know, I feel like guys like JK Dobbins and, um, and DeAndre Swift have kind of passed him in the sense of those are kind of the two guys that a lot of people are talking about as the top running backs in this draft class. And so I think Taylor can come out and just really kind of blow the roof off, uh, maybe in a way that those two other guys can't. So uh, I think he needs to kind of remind people why he is a two-time 2,000-yard rusher in college, and it's not just because he played in Wisconsin behind um, some really good, you know, NFL caliber offensive lines. He is a fantastic player in his own right. So I think he actually has a lot to gain this week in these workouts. Um, Ross, who is someone that you kind of have your eye on that you think could could uh, work out really well, could either remind people of why they belong in those top tier conversations or someone that you think could maybe um, surprise people with their athleticism and maybe rise up some boards? 
Uh, the, the guy that I'm really watching uh, because I've had a chance uh, going to do the receivers, and, and I've been kind of scouting receivers uh, pretty heavily for the last couple of years. People know, you know, where I stood on Debo Samuel, know where I stood on Michael Gallup, um, you know, was not high on DJ Chark and, and might end up being wrong about that, but, but had some pretty strong opinions on uh, receivers in general. And this year I'm, I'm actually going to do them for the Cheesehead TV draft guide. Uh, which, which I believe, you know, is about uh, about a month from from appearing on your uh, digital bookshelves. But anyway, um, T. Higgins is is my guy, and, and T. is, I, I think, right now where I have him, he for me has the biggest ability to rise. He's almost C. D. Lamb like, and when you you watch C. D. on tape, and you're like, man, there, he's not a four four guy. You know, um, he's your he's your Jordy Nelson, your Devontae Adams, your low four fives guy, uh, but still somebody who can absolutely dominate a game, even though he's not, you know, a four three or a four four guy. T. Higgins, though, you watch him play, and he's got some of those attributes where it's like, well, he's not a burner, but man, that catch radius is nuts. Contested catch, you know, you don't you don't want to make a living off of that because then you end up, you know, with that treadwell life where you just never open. Higgins gets open. And I think if he really runs well, if he tests out as a 80 plus or an 85, you know, if he's an 8.0 or an 8.5 or better uh, for, for Kent, for Math Bomb, you know, his RAS, Mm-hmm. I think he's got to be a part of the what I have, and I know that not everybody has them clumped like I do because I know not everybody feels the, the way about Chenault that I do. Uh, but Ruggs, Judy, uh, Lamb, and Chenault, if 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 T Higgins has a big time big time combine, they're going to get, uh, in my opinion, they're going to get company in that star tier. Which, by the way, as I mentioned earlier on Packer Report, I haven't put anybody in the star tier uh, for the last two drafts. Not Cortland Sutton, you know, who I had as uh, as wide receiver one two years ago, and and no one from last year's class either either made uh, the the star tier. Yeah, and you kind of have to tier these receivers, and it's interesting too because Ross does the receivers for the Cheesehead TV draft guide. In the last couple of years, I've done the receivers for the Arrowhead Pride draft guide, which is basically Cheesehead TV's draft guide, but a lot of my buddies are Chiefs fans, so we do that. So we need to get on here and do some some dueling receivers takes because I know that could be really interesting. But I think as far as T. Higgins goes, it sounds like we're pretty much in lockstep with him because um, I, I I think I released my top five receivers. I got a lot, a lot of flack for not having Jalen Rager um, in there, which I get, but he's my receiver six. But T Higgins is right now. He is my fourth receiver in this class. I really like his game fourth or fifth. I don't know. Um, but you mentioned Jordy Nelson with him. And those are kind of the vibes that I got watching him is because he does have that sneaky ability to get behind defenses. But what's really, what I really like about him is his, his flexibility and his hips, man. And the way you can adjust to the ball in the air. And you talked about his catch radius. Like my man came in with 81, an 81 inch wingspan. That is nuts. Like the 
Him and Ayuk. Yeah, I, I don't. We'll, we'll have to talk about uh, Ayuk because I don't get him. I, I just, I don't, I don't. I'm not as big of a fan of him as, as I know you are and some other people are. So we'll have to talk about him later. But um, yeah, both those guys have crazy, crazy wingspans, which is obviously uh, not a bad thing. So um, T Higgins is a guy too that I think you're absolutely right. If he comes out and runs, even in like that four five range, whoo. Like that's that's a good time for him because he was almost six four today too. He's a big dude. Um, now, as far as guys that you really think can come out and 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 hurt themselves in, in the combine, uh, a guy that we talked about off air, Ross is, is your boy Lord. Tyler Johnson, who you you said it perfectly. Who who's giving that guy advice i don't know he's a guy that absolutely needs to come out and and prove that he is an nfl caliber athlete and right now when you when you are healthy and you just say no nah, i'm just gonna punt on these workouts at the combine and you're not someone like chase young that's not good that might as well just be saying hey everybody i'm slow just so you know you i'm can i'm gonna confirm your bias already by just not coming out and running because that's that's kind of the knock on him is is he is he the type of athlete that can win in the NFL? And he's not doing himself any favors. So um, I guess I kind of talked about a guy already that that, that can hurt himself. Um, but Ross, who's who's someone that you think could potentially really hurt themselves in this draft class? Someone that you think is maybe up on a little bit of a pedestal right now, and maybe will be exposed to a degree um, when they have to actually put uh, the workouts on the grass. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think some guys, I don't want to say lose it, but some guys run into a little bit of trouble, frankly, um, already. Uh, you, you talk about a Lynn Bowden and him mm-hmm. uh, measuring short. You, you look at a KJ Hamler and you go, oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, that's a situation where you know, he's going to get taken. And, and, and sadly enough, guys, one of those draft boards might be the one that uh, resides in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He At, at five, eight and a half, he's going to get taken off uh, some some draft boards. I think there's there's, you know, very serious possibility uh, of, of that. Um, but, yeah, Tyler Johnson not running is terrible. K.J. Hamler and Lynn Bowden coming in short is not going to help them. Obviously, Joey Burrow with the hand size thing, that's not helpful. Uh, I don't care. And, and, and I, I mean, I don't think it's going to matter. I think that's your number one pick with a bullet. But even like Thad Moss, 6-1, that's no good. Oh, yeah. That's no yeah. good. Uh, did you see did, did you see that on tape? That surprised me. I thought maybe he wasn't 6-5, but, man, he didn't even hit 6-2. I thought that really shocked me when I saw that weigh-in. Yeah, and and that's you know um, as much as you know we talk about the tape, the tape, the tape, and, and I'm 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 as big of, of being that guy as as you can possibly be. I, I I'm all about the tape, the tape, the tape. But there are guys that you want to play specific roles, and when a Hunter Bryant is six two and a quarter. Uh, when when a guy like uh, like Thad Moss is six one and seven eighths, it's problematic. You know that uh, they're not going to be able to normally, uh, you know, be able to hold up as a Y tight end. They they become move tight ends. They become 
Evan Ingram and Eric Ebron and, and frankly, what potentially Jay Sternberger might be. Uh, and, and those those things are are really one of the big reasons, you know, why why we have the combine. I know everybody loves the 40 and, um, you know, some of the smarter guys like the, uh, you know, like the vert and, and, and understand what the three cone means. And and uh, even the, the broad jump for certain players at certain positions. But I think really the, the, the two biggest deals here, the three biggest deals before you get to any numbers are A, measuring, B, the interview process, and C, the medicals. I mean, I think the number one story while we're here might be Tua Tagovola's medicals tomorrow. Yeah, and it is interesting too, and it's always a reminder, like this, you're right, This the tape does matter, but the, so, does, so does this stuff. I think, I don't even know who came out with it. There was an article today, I believe it was on Bleacher Report or somewhere, talking about you know guys that came in as pro good prospects and then just absolutely flunked out at the combine and why they didn't work out. And this is all about mitigating risks is what it is. And if you have four guys that are boom, 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 they're exactly what you want. Then that fifth guy is not a lot of times that guy falls. And yes, there is that one guy every once in a while. That's like, he's just a football player. He's just good. Yes, there are those guys 100%, but that's kind of the exception and not the rule. And so some of that stuff is stuff you want to see. So um, like you're right about Hamler, like, and Hamler has been talked about a ton on, on especially Packers draft Twitter, because he does a lot of that stuff that you could see them use in Matt LaFleur's offense. But at five, eight, man, that's well below what they've ever done. And I brought it up today. I was like, you know, Goody came out and he kind of went away from the norm when he took Jair Alexander but even that, you know, they didn't like really taking guys in that 5'10", whatever, there was that cutoff. But Jair was close to it, at least. Hamler is, like, if you want to say Cobb is 5'10", like, I mean, Hamler's still so much smaller than that. So uh, he's already kind of lost in that regard. He might still go you know, in the top 50. I don't know. But as far as being on some teams' boards, yes. Um, another one that's interesting to me is these guys – like your Rager, like your uh, rugs, these guys that are expected to run in the four twos. What if they don't, you know, what if they come out there and they're just normal NFL fast and they run a, you know, a four, four, one, that's really fast, but these guys hang their hat on being these burners. And if they're not, even if they're just okay, fast, like they need to come out and both. And those two guys specifically are guys I expect to run in the four twos, but they kind of need to. Um, if we're going to keep being regarded in the same way. Um, so there's there's stuff like that as well. But let's look at the the defensive side of, of the ball as well and talk about some players on defense that could really, really help themselves um, this week. And, Ross, I don't know if you have anybody on defense that you have in mind um, that can just come out and really boost their stock. I think – So so this is me – being super biased towards edge rushers probably. And I'll admit that. I mean, like that's been my, um, you know, you listen to me on pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Right. And it's been my position, frankly, um, for the cheesehead TV draft guide. Since I started contributing over there, I had interior defensive linemen and edge rushers, then edge rushers for a while. Now, uh, now edge rushers and, and wide receivers, but, uh, edge rushers are, are, are my position. Right. And, uh, what I think 
more than any other spot, and, and you can, I want, I actually want your take on this is I don't think there's a, a, a position in football where elite athletes translate better than in, in, in the edge rush position. I, I think that when you look at the truly great edge rushers in this league, there are almost no bad athletes and the really good ones check all the boxes. Von Miller checks all the boxes. Um, Miles Garrett checks all the boxes. And you see these guys just tearing up the combine. And so I, I think you're looking for your your edge rusher too, right? Uh, I think everybody knows, you know, Chase Young is is the number one guy, and I don't think there's any argument about that. But, man, you start talking about the other guys in that spot that, that are fighting, and I, I think it's going to be a heck of a competition. And I really think if somebody – comes in here and goes nuts they have the ability to to you know maybe jump into that spot a, a guy that i love curtis weaver from from boise state uh but but then the guys that everybody knows chase on from from uh, lsu and epinesa who's kind of maybe more of a five tech or at the very least a four three defensive end uh from iowa then you've got the gross matos kid from penn state bond Acora. um even even Uche and 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 uh, Terrell Lewis from Bama, I I think one of those guys has to go nuts uh, to to really grab that spot. I think the leader in the clubhouse is 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 a two way dance between Epineza and Chason. But I just I love Curtis Weaver's tape so much. Yeah, and I mean to your point, I I don't think it's even debatable. I think edge rushers. And maybe corners, you could say, but I, I would say, yeah, edge rushers take the crown as far as you have to be a freak athlete to be able to play that position in the NFL. And you see guys go high for that reason. And some guys that, that are interesting and you look at past drafts, you think guys that did not pan out but still went high, like you have like your Kiki Mingos, you have your Dion Jordans, and you think, wow, those guys were freak athletes. They never could put it together. And then you also look at, well, why did Daniil Hunter go so low when he was such a freak athlete at a big time program? There's things that go into it, um, but our you know our buddy Justice Mosqueda too. He's got his he's got his force players metric that is actually pretty accurate. And if you're gonna take an edge rusher, he better be a freak athlete because you see guys. But the NFL like hasn't learned their lesson. They still do this stuff. They'll still take the Derek Barnett's. They'll still take the Taco Charlton's. The 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 kid out of Missouri a couple of years ago that went in the first round that just were not first round type edge athletes. Um, those guys need to test. Well, you, you, the Packers did it last year with Rashawn Gary, who we've talked about on this very podcast, one of the freakiest athletes to ever step, step foot or put a helmet on. And they're, they're gambling on that. Um, cause you have to, and the guys in this year's draft class that you hit on, like chase on everything I've heard about him is, is he's going to blow the lid off this week. And I hope he does, because uh, I think he can kind of clinch that edge rusher too if he does that. Um, Epinesa is interesting because I don't think he's a I don't think he is a freaky athlete, but I think he can be that four three uh, and th that can slide inside, kind of be versatile stuff like that. And then Gross Matos, I, I think you know everything that Penn State has been producing freaky freaky dudes the last couple of years so um i would expect him to test really well as well but we'll we'll see 
Um, a guy for me that I think can really help himself, and he's someone someone that you are, you already mentioned, and I'm sticking with the Wisconsin guys, I guess, but it's Zach Bond. And I think he can help himself by one testing well, and I think he will, but I think he can help himself in the positional drills and, and prove that he has scheme versatility. Uh, I think there is a couple teams that will say he's a true edge, but I think the vast majority of the NFL is, is going to want to see him kind of do some of those off-ball drills, see how he moves in space, his change of direction ability, and they're going to say, can he come in? Can he play You know that Mike inside linebacker spot in Green Bay? Can he come in? And be a weak side guy. Can he play the? Can he play the Sam? You know, it, it, what can he do? What can he bring to this team? I think if he can prove that he has that scheme versatility, I think he can shoot up draft boards as well. Because, you know, this this is not a great linebacker class, especially in that off ball area. Um, so yeah, and I think it's I think it's kind of unfair because like, what do you get? You know, what, what, if you start worrying about. Um, if you start worrying about that, it's like, you know, who I think of Hassan Reddick and like, that's not fair. You know what I mean? I get anytime someone gives me a short pass rusher while wow, they could, they could, you know, have him at off ball, but blitz him a lot. And it's like, geez, you know, we, we saw that not work, but at the same time, it's like, okay, is that, is that fair? Right. Cause well, I mean, look at, let's go back to the two guys where he talks about, look at Kiki Mingo and Daniel Hunter. Those were two very similar athletes coming out. One panned out. One was a huge bust. You know, it's so it's it's tough. You know, but Hassan, yeah, Hassan Reddick is someone coming out of Temple a few years ago that was the exact same way. You're right. They're just like, you know, this guy can do all this stuff. He he can he's scheme versatile. You plug him in anywhere. But the problem with him is he wasn't really great at any of it. And so it, it, for Bond, it is kind of that way where it's like, what where are you going to fit? What are you great at? How are you going to win? on a down-to-down basis in the NFL. Um, so I think that's why he does – like, we know he can rush the passer, but it's an evaluation either way. Even these straight edge rushers that have all the physical tools in the world, we don't know how they're going to respond in the NFL. So, um, But I think he can gain a lot by by showing NFL teams. And NF, quite frankly, NFL teams want to see it. That's senior bowl. That's what he did. He off played off-ball linebacker the entire week. He hardly took any reps at edge. Um, so it's on the NFL's mind. They they want to see what this guy can do there. Um, so I think just the more that he can prove that he can do it and the more NFL teams are comfortable with his ability to do it, um, I think that's just going to be better for him. And um, if he's there at 30, I know you're not in this this club, but I think he's someone, you know, Packers fans that want a linebacker at 30, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, there, there's your two guys. But Bond could be entering that conversation as the type of guy that could potentially come in and play that spot in Mike Pettin's defense. Um, another guy sticking with a linebacker that, you know, the more I watch him, the more and more I just think, you know what, what really separates him from some of these top off-ball linebackers? And that's Akeem Davis Gaither, Gaithers or uh, from uh, App State. And you watch him play. You know, his, his knock is he's not very big. He played at 219. He's probably maxed out. But he's a modern-day NFL linebacker. You watch this guy in coverage, man, he can scoot. And he's got good instincts. His read and react's really good. So if he can come out and test really well, too, I think he just closes the gap and puts himself in that conversation as, you know, really the top four, uh, depending on what you think Simmons is. 
Um, I don't even think of Simmons because there's just no – I just really don't think the Packers have a shot at him. Um, but that's that's what I think is as far as guys that could help themselves. I mean, everybody can help themselves. There's the guys every year that come out and test, and that's what you need to caution as well too is guys that come out and go, wow, I did not see – uh, you know, Jamel Dean last year, the corner from Auburn came out and ran that stupid fast 40 time. And that was, I remember scouting him and just being like, what? I did not see that on tape. Um, so you have to caution yourself with that too. And and sometimes you have to go back and watch and, and be, be willing to admit, maybe I just didn't see it maybe, you know, or whatever. Um, but Ross, who are some, just, just some general guys that you're excited to see this week and you're excited to talk to and, um, see how they work out. Guys that I'm I'm really excited to uh, to see. You know, I'm going to focus hopefully on my two position groups, um, but I, I want to get to know some of the guys that have interesting stories. Um, we find I find that the best content that I can provide for you all is um, kind of one on one content or or stuff where we actually get to kind of talk to guys and. Look, I know it would be very cool if, if you know, we had uh, a bunch of Joe Burrow uh, stuff for you guys or, or if we had, um, you know, Derek Brown stuff for you guys or, or C.D. Lamb stuff for you guys. And we might be able to do that a little bit. But the way that the combine works, man, you're in a scrum if it's one of those top guys. And you might get one question asked um, and, and, and you just don't have a ton of control over the situation. It's the guys that have kind of the, the, the more interesting stories that are over uh, one-on-one with the tables or are at a podium where there's only three or four reporters there. That's where you really get a chance to, to get to know these kids. And, and so that's what I'm really excited about. But um, we're going to do a lot of work uh, when the receivers have their media availability. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a day where I have an extra set of hands because we couldn't get uh, <laughs> couldn't get Jake moving and shaking quite fast enough. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my very best. Yeah, and I, I'm excited to get there. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't make enough to do this full time. Otherwise, we would be. But um, we, we got our day job. So um, one guy that I'm I'm really excited to watch. I know you're a big fan of him, so I want to bring him up. And that's Jordan Elliott, the interior defensive lineman from Missouri. You want to talk about guys that could potentially blow blow the lid off? He's one of them. Um, talk about body beautiful. Oh my goodness! You draw you draw up a five tech. You draw up an interior. I mean, he he's what you draw up. He is a freaky looking athlete. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. You've even mentioned him at pick as high as pick thirty. Um, so he's a guy, and, and I don't disagree with that, uh, to be frank. I think he's a very good player. I think he would be um, a welcome addition to this Packers team, even in that, even as high as that range. Um, another guy that I'm really excited to watch on the offensive side of the ball is Courtney Davis, the wide receiver out of Texas A&M. He's someone that, Courtney with a Q. He's someone that I, I think I'm a little bit higher on him. He's going to be my top 15 receivers when it's all said and done. Um, I think he's going to test really well. He's been working out with the footwork king um, who's talked about some of his numbers. So I'm excited to see him kind of one of those guys that would be a better pro than, um, than collegiate player. Uh, but I like, I like what he does on the field. I think he runs crisp routes. I love his fo- I love his footwork and uh, probably a testament to the footwork king, but he's someone that I, I think is going to test really well um, and kind of would, 
kind of have tentatively put my stamp on as, as one of my guys. So um, there, there's a lot to, to watch. I think the thing with the combine too, is you don't need to soak it all in at one time. You know, it's, it's going to be there. So um, learn what you can take, take from it what you can, but it really, I mean, it is, it's a track meet um, and you know, keeping that in mind as well. Um, Ross, we're at about 30 minutes. So I know last week we went almost like an hour, so I'm going to try to not do that today. So do you have anything else that you want to add as far as guys that um, you, you either want to stand for or guys that you're just, hey, popping in my head, this is a guy I'm excited to watch? Not not off the top of my head, man. I'm just excited to uh, – I'm really excited, honestly, to speak to Brian and Matt tomorrow. Uh, Gouda Kunst and Lafleur have their availabilities uh, for us, the Assemble Media. Should be some national folks there. Um, should be some – uh, you know, but, but the Packers beat will be there. And, uh, you know, with me living in Fargo, I'd love to be there every day. Uh, I, I would, um, that would end in divorce, <laughs> unfortunately. So, uh, I, I love to be a part of the Packers, uh, beat core when I get a chance and tomorrow is a chance to see all those guys and to, uh, get some questions answered from the head man and, and, uh, Mr. Gutekunst as well. Right on. So, yeah, if you're listening to this on your morning commute, uh, make sure you're following Ross at Ross Uglum on Twitter. Make sure you head over to PackerReport.com, and Ross is going to have you covered with the two head honchos kind of talking to us about State of the Union type stuff with the Green Bay Packers. Um, So make sure you go over there and do both those things. But that's it from us, and we'll catch you next time. Until then, go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.